Don't you love technical difficulties? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Who it's doesn't? basically been the story of my day, I think. Really? Yeah. Just oh, like yeah. one thing after the other. My my internet went down for five minutes for no reason this morning. <laughs> and then my machine broke and then the podcast issue. So I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hopefully think that this is gonna work out just fine and keep drinking my beer. I'm drinking something that tastes like what a wet dog smells like. So I don't. What are you drinking? Um, mezcal? Was, no, 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 no. Uh, I would never. I, could, I don't. It, it was given to me, and it's supposedly rose in a can. Um, Ew. Yeah, it has a pretty high alcohol content, but it's not good. But I no. have mean, started it, and I'm committed at this point. No. No, I, I can't imagine. So has wine moved on from the box? I mean, we've gone bottle to box, box to can now? Yes, can is much classier. I think it's because of the um, the ba- the basic drink, uh, White Claw, right? Mm, I don't know what that is. Um, it's the one with the sparkling water flavor that has alcohol. I don't drink it because I can't do sparkling water, but um, it's, it's what... There's a lot of jokes about it, and that's all I'm gonna say. Um, okay. People I'm just wondering drink... what the next. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're wondering what the next. I, 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 I was wondering what the next iteration of this will be, like Chardonnay in the cup of your hands. No, so they already have that. Oh, they do Pinot Noir in the nape of your neck. That was well done. Um, that's, I believe, currently tequila, but I guess they could go with Pinot Noir. <laughs> no, 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 no. The the spring break Corona kids from uh, uh, from Florida are the ones that have already patented how to drink tequila. And then that is obviously from your belly button. Okay. That wasn't just the spring break Corona people. Like I no, remember that being right. a thing in college. Um, I never participated, nor was I a cup. <laughs> oh. Oh. I just realized like, oh. that's really good. No, um, I'm not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not uh, I'm not okay with any of this, but but you have to think about this. So now they're 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 trying to figure out all this antibody testing, and they're thinking that giving you antibodies from someone who has had the coronavirus will help um, you help prevent you from getting it or help cure you. Um, I don't know. Maybe they should just go to like teenagers because teenagers seem to have the highest antibodies of anyone ever. They are just rolling in mud. Uh, eating things off of unsanitary services, picking orifices. Ooh. Ugh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that, that didn't sound good. I don't, you know what, they may have an antibody that can fight corona, but what you are surely getting in addition to that, probably not worth it. <laughs> you know, like it's guaranteed death from them. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen way too many movies to know that taking plasma from another person 
um, will will one hundred percent imbue you with their soul and allow you to see through their eyes. There was a movie about that with um, multiple movies. Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba was in the movies. Well, yes. Quit very quickly. Name the last Jessica Alba movie. Uh, the one with the eyeballs. <laughs> oh, I can't. I I can't think of any Jessica Alba movie to save my life. Was at it? The was she in Fast and the Furious? No, maybe. Pro- maybe, but I mean, no. I don't think that was. She was in one with Dane Cook, right? Where he, Mister Lucky, Dane, or whatever. What happened to Dane Cook? I mean, he from probably from the drug drug use like evaporated, right? I mean, I he, I, I guess he basically he had meth face. Oh, he had meth face. I mean, he basically did. I mean, he he trademarked the grossest hand symbol in the history of hand symbols. Which one? The shocker. <gasps> I did not know that. I thought that was just kind of. I thought that came surely from high schoolers, like we were saying uh, before. I, I could be wrong, but I was almost positive that Dane Cook came up with the shocker. That's. You know yeah. what? No. I'm not surprised, but gross. I, I feel like I feel like our little podcast here may have uh, gone off the rails, um, and it's <laughs> yeah. only four and a half minutes in, and it's concerning. <laughs> so maybe we should we should welcome the the seven people. I looked on our uh, our recordings. That's seven. We have had seven. Well, I, I mean, how many times do you listen through it? Oh, I, I can't. You, you can't. You can't. I can't hear myself. I'll be way no. too self conscious. That's yeah. I'm I'm the same way. I, I I get really really uncomfortable hearing myself speak. Yeah. Uh, so editing the last podcast was uh, an exercise in uh, sheer madness. You were a champion, and I thank you so much. I I I <laughs> am. Uh, you are welcome for uh, my sacrifice. Yeah. So seven whole listeners. Um, maybe this week we'll have seven more. Hopefully, but if we don't have seven. I feel like it's still a success because seven people were uh, enlightened by the stories of Deep Impact versus Armageddon last week. Uh, yeah. um, so this week, we thought on Tommy Shinebox, our little movie podcast here, uh, we thought we'd talk about what? Sorry, I was taking a drink. Um, Good timing. <laughs> super ideal. We are going to talk about sequels. But sequels. sequels that are better than the originals. Huh. I, I think that's a I think that is a really good tactic to take. Um, but I want to talk about one sequel that was not better than the original first. Uh, I want to because this week I ended up seeing Rise of the Skywalker for the first time. Uh, oh. Never saw it in the movie theater. Okay. Um, and I want to get your opinion. What did you think about it? Okay. So I want to start with a couple things because I need you to understand the setup of where I was mentally for this movie. Um, <laughs> okay. It's important. It's important. Anytime, anytime you have to context set for a movie, <laughs> there might be a problem, but I'm going to let you speak. Okay. No, this is real. So I did see this movie and I actually saw it in theaters. And the reason I ended up seeing The Rise of Skywalker, and let me be clear, I'm a big Star Wars fan, but I'm also an original like, or I guess the first three that came out Star Wars fans. So I didn't like the, the technical actual first three or whatever. But I am a big fan. And my mom, bless her, had tried to set up a movie experience for all of us. And she bought tickets to Cats. <laughs> and I became terrified <laughs> to see this Wait, movie. Wait, was it, was it the one where they show their, their, um, 
the oh, yeah. buttholes or was yeah. it the non-butthole version? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, because I didn't, what I did was I was, you know, I saw all these reviews. It was within a couple of weeks of it coming out, maybe even just a week. And I got terrified because I already didn't want to see the movie. And then I read all the reviews and I was like, there's like people were like things move that shouldn't be moving and it's weird and it's basically <laughs> pornographic and oh, i just you know i was like i'm going with my parents to see this movie like i'm not no so what i ended up convincing my mom like two days before we were gonna see cats was to actually go see rise of the skywalker so uh-huh. i want to make it clear that the mindset that i was in was that thank god i'm not watching cats so you were going to the lesser of the two evils yes. in your mind. Got yes. It. So no matter what, Rise of Skywalker was going to be good, right? Because it wasn't Cats. Yep. Um, so what did I actually think about the movie? You know, first of all, I, like with the other two, I'm going to say it. I, there's a lot of flaws. They're not my favorite. Um, I don't really understand why they tried to bring this back. I I don't know. But I will say that I thought Rise of Skywalker, what they did well was they really hit on the nostalgia factor for like people like me, for example, who loved those first three movies that sure. were put out. They sure. they really tried to take it back. Now, there was a lot of storylines I didn't quite understand. Like, right. um, I'm sorry, I'm even blanking on the names. I've seen it once because I just wasn't it didn't seem like a movie I ever needed to see again, but yep. the the captain, the his name starts with a P. Um, see this just shows you, and with the other guy, their friendship. The the good guy or the bad guys? The good guys. Are you talking about the pilot Poe? Yeah, Poe and the other and guy. Finn. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Let's be serious. There is something that they were trying to do there that they chickened out at the last second. And so no. their whole friendship is weird. It's no, weird. I, yeah, I I don't know. Look, I, I'll I'll agree with you on almost every count. So first of all, this movie is one hundred percent the reason to get LifeLock because Ray stole Luke's identity. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, like even his name. And if Luke had had LifeLock, uh, maybe we can spon- we can have LifeLock sponsor our podcast. There you go. Um, if Luke had done that then Ray would have been uh, stopped all along and she would have come out like the Palpatine she really is. Um, and, and then there's also the participation trophy for Chewie. I don't know what it was about that, like the fact that he didn't get the trophy, he didn't get a medal in, uh, in A New Hope and they gave him a medal in Rise of the Skywalker because, hey, let's make up for it 40-something years later. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll, I'll tell you this, like my biggest problem with this whole movie was that I had no idea why any of the people were doing any of the things they were doing. Um, how yes. many times can we talk about there is a there is a planet killing machine that is going to kill <laughs> planets? <laughs> I, right. If you go back, you don't really even know why the Empire is bad. Right. You, you, you yeah. don't know if the rebels are just insurgents that are trying to destabilize the Empire. You don't know why Palpatine or the Palpatine clone is back. The main villain from the seventh movie, which was, I think, the best of the last three, 
disappeared in the middle of the second movie and then ended up being in a formaldehyde jar <laughs> in the third movie. Um, and and there are there are lines from um, Return of the Jedi that were almost verbatim in Rise of the Skywalker. And I, I'm just I, I was so angry when I saw this movie Um <laughs> Like I wanted to, I wanted to go all Kevin on this and write, uh, you know, go see the manager. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to write well a strongly done. worded letter to J.J. Uh, Abrams and just ask him what the heck he was talking about and what he was doing. Uh, you know, it, it, this was also the same week I saw Knives Out, which was Ryan Johnston's movie after uh, the last uh, Star Wars movie, which everyone said was a failure. The last Star Wars movie, the the middle one is still better than rise of the Skywalker rise of the Skywalker was trash. I don't know who Poe is. I don't know what his motivation is. I understand Finn was a stormtrooper and he found another stormtrooper. Lando Carlisian is in this movie again. And they find him on some desert planet, like sitting in a, in a coffee shop, basically. Uh, I, I don't get it. I really, I don't get it. Yeah, and then Han Solo is a force ghost. I didn't know Han Solo had the force and I don't understand how he became a force ghost. So don't let, why don't we talk about sequels that are good? Um, okay. So what was the movie you chose, or I should say movies. So the original and the second, what were the movies you chose? And then we'll, our goal here is to talk about the original, the sequel, what worked, what didn't work uh, across a multiple multitude of categories. So tell me about your movie. Okay. What was the movie? So I chose Evil Dead 2 and, of course, the original Evil Dead because, as I said last week, huge horror fan. Yep. So I, of course, wanted to go back to two, and but really one, Evil Dead 2, one of the greatest black comedy horror movies to have been made before it became a thing. Sure, and it spawned Army of Darkness, which is probably the greatest horror comedy of all time. Literally. So what did you choose before I can go on and on sure. about Evil Dead? Sure, and, and let me tell you, um, these the, the two movies I chose are two of my favorite movies. I have seen them at least ten times each, uh, and I watched them both this week, and the fact that I was actually watching them with an eye and an ear towards making this podcast gave me a whole new perspective because they're really, really amazing movies. So I chose Alien oh. and and the greatest name sequel of all time. <laughs> of all time. Not Alien 2. No. Not Alien 2 Boogaloo. <laughs> not Alien More Aliens, but simply Aliens. And Classy. That exactly. And, 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 you know, the more and more I, I, I did some research on kind of the making of, of aliens and, and the original. Um, so I'm, I, I gotta say, I'm really excited to talk about this. These are, these are two of just uh, uh, cinematic masterpieces. So why don't we spend a few minutes talking about the movie? Let's start with, like we did last week, the plot. So what was the plot of evil dead and evil dead Two? How do they, how do they uh, compare? How does one extend the other, et cetera? Okay. So one, I just want to make it a note that it's really interesting that we both chose horror movies. Um, 
so we can oh, actually I'm going to challenge you there, but yeah. keep going. Okay. But I think it's interesting that we've once again kind of got two movies pitted together that tried to be in the same genre. But, um, okay. So I'm going to jump in with plot. And like you said, I'm going to talk about the original and I'm going to talk about Evil Dead 2. Second. So Evil Dead. <laughs> uh, watching this to talk about this uh, on the podcast was fantastic because, I mean, let's be serious. You watch Evil Dead. It's it's bad. I mean, it's terrible, <laughs> but it's bad in such a dramatically yeah. awesome way. So it's an awesome movie. The plot you start with, um, you're starting with this this group of kids because you always got a group of friends, and they're going to a, a desolate cabin because, again, that's how you know horror movies, especially in the '80s, really need to start. Group of friends going to a remote cabin. Nobody's ever been to this cabin, of course, and they get there. And once again, we have a bunch of kids who decide, let's just listen to these tapes that we found in this random house in the middle of the woods. So they listen to the tape and one of the girls starts screaming dramatically and says, turn it off, turn it off. And what the tape tells you is that this man was an archaeologist. He found a Kandarian temple and he found the Necromicon, the Book of the Dead. So what transpires from that is, of course, lots of evil spirits, lots of people, um, you know, and lots of people showing up from the other world. And you start getting lots of possessions. Mm -hmm. So basically what the movie is about from that point on is trying to survive the evil spirits that seem to jump from friend Mm -hmm. to friend. And you get left with what's interesting, not a final girl, but a final guy. So you get left with Ash Williams. He's our, <laughs> he's our pro. Yeah, he's our protagonist. And what's interesting, you know, I watched. Okay, so like I said, I'm a horror fan. I watched Ash versus Evil Dead, and I remember mm. him that way. But going back to watching the original Evil Dead in the original movie, he's kind of um, a freaky yeah. cat. So he's, you know, not willing to believe what's happening. He doesn't want to hurt anybody, yeah. even when he's dealing with possessed friends. But then. Then we get to Evil Dead 2. So Evil Dead 2 is an extension of the movie, right? right? So you get the first part of the story, which is you get this random book of the dead. You don't know anything else about it other than that all of his friends start getting possessed. But the second Evil Dead starts to give you a little bit of context around it. And it also sort of tries to wrap things up in a way. But then, of course, at the end of the movie, you find out, oh, wait, it's not (laughs) wrapped up. Because... I I really believe Sam Raimi always meant to make Army of Darkness and he just needed the other movies to get him there. So like this movie, but what he does is he extends the original plot, but what he does is he just makes it uh-huh. more ridiculous, but more ridiculous in the right. best way. So we get just like fire hoses of blood <laughs> for no reason, you know, just, and, and we get, you know, Ash Williams, iconic groovy. And that just right there, Amazing. I know. Like he cuts his hand off. Places it with a chainsaw. I mean, what they and because why not? why not? And then he gets the he gets the trusty, but in this version of the movie, single shot uh-huh. shotgun. No I boomstick. Know. And and I no boomstick, not yet, but it's coming. But yeah, so I think what they did was they took that original plot and they kind of realized. I mean, they meant to make a funny movie, but I don't think they meant to make it into a classic mm-hmm. cult movie based on the fact that it was a little bit so ridiculous so what sam raimi did is said why not just make it just just up it 
just up the ante yeah. in all of it and kind of embrace that this is a bit of a ridiculous movie. And while we poked fun at a lot of horror movies in the first movie, let's really poke fun and make it look like we're ending the horror movie and then <laughs> really just send it off the rails. So what you get is more possession, yeah. more... And you know what? I, I was laughing because as I'm, you know, almost done with Evil Dead 2, I was like, hey, Deadites never come and out then... as a term. And then at the end of the movie, we get Deadite. So, but what they do is they bring out more of the Deadites so that we get more of a visual. Like, you get these weird yeah. creatures. In the first one, it was just possessed friends. But in this one, you're getting these weird, clearly from the other side, creatures that are coming forth. Um, and I think that's what you know, you watch it and it it just extended the story and it moved it forward in the fact that you see Ash embrace what he's supposed to be, which is the Deadite mm-hmm. um, kind of warrior. You get these weird creatures that are just ridiculous. You get weird black humor that you're like, this is amazing and kind of unexpected in a horror movie. And I mean, the movie of Evil Dead 2, towards the beginning, you get a Skele- headless skeleton dancing with its head <laughs> i mean if that doesn't tell you where you're going in this movie i don't really think anything as well so that's kind of the plot i mean it's a little bit longer because you got to talk about two yeah. movies but what i think that ultimate plot really is is just ash william becoming a hero but in the most ridiculous ways yeah. possible and you believe it nonetheless i mean his his hand that he cuts off gives him the middle finger <laughs> at one point in the movie and if that's <laughs> not like just utter ridiculousness i mean what else is so so that's mine but i want to hear because it's been a while since i've seen either yeah. of the movies that you referenced i want to hear what sh- the plot is of the aliens from the respect of this podcast yeah um so first of all great great description i i absolutely love those movies i i saw evil dead one for the first time i believe when i was in middle school or high school which was a really long time ago uh, and <laughs> and i i enjoyed the heck out of it and then evil dead 2 came out and uh we watched that on vhs um and it was amazing and and i think uh my friends and i have been quoting army of darkness uh, for 20 plus years. It's just, you know, these are, and, and, and Bruce Campbell is always going to be Ash Williams and, and he's incredible in every mm-hmm. way. So um, alien and aliens uh, there, there is no space movie like this um, alien. I'm going to start with aliens. Cause we want to talk about the sequel first and then, talk a little bit about about alien because you mentioned horror and and i and i watching this again um i had a couple of revelations uh that that uh have changed my mind about these movies so um so alien was always one of my favorite horror movies of all time it is an amazing movie so aliens takes up right where alien ended sort of it's 57 years later um but it's the same planet <laughs> right so, where well, it ended physically <laughs> right where it ended um it is you know five okay. and three quarter decades later uh and somehow sigourney weaver and her cat jones survived in a stasis chamber together i i would think that like the biorhythms or whatever sign I mean, we need neil degrassi tyson on this thing to explain to me how a stasis chamber works but i i just imagine that having a cat and a human in a stasis chamber for 57 years something would happen like i've seen the fly and 
Jeff Goldblum goes into one of those things with the fly Ooh. and turns into one. Uh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver's part cat. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the, the Aliens is a war movie. Um, it's about a squad of space Marines who drop into almost certain doom. They're, they're kind of full of hubris and just machismo as they're in their drop ship. Uh, they think they're going to rule the world. They're going to take over whatever's there. Uh, and, and obviously Sigourney Weaver is still playing her Ripley. Uh, Alien and Aliens are really similar in plot, right? It's not a lot of world building to be done here. It's good guys versus the alien xenomorphs. And, and only one can come out on top. And it's usually just one person, frankly. Uh, but I think the biggest difference is that Alien is a horror, horror movie, right? LV-426, which is the planet that Alien takes place on, uh, and Aliens as well, is mostly a a haunted house in the first movie. Um, But in Aliens, it's a war zone. Um, Both movies involve an evil corporation trying to get an alien to use as a weapon. Both have Ripley blowing up a spaceship or a planet base. Um, But I really think that the key difference is how the movies were directed and how the characters were portrayed. Uh, Alien to me is essentially Apocalypse Now, uh, and Aliens is Full Metal Jacket. You can't really go <laughs> wrong with either. And what I absolutely loved about Aliens, uh, let me take a step back. What I loved about Alien was that they spent time developing the characters. Right? There was one alien. It was hunt. It was hunting the the characters one by one there's this massive reveal at the end which i'll talk about later in this uh podcast but it's so atmospheric whereas aliens is more of a statement right it's look at the the the, you know the 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 weakness of man Uh, and i mean man and not the sexist term but just uh, the, the species that that you think you can go in and it doesn't matter where you are it it if you have the bigger gun you're going to come out on top and and aliens really prove that you didn't need the bigger gun um so i talked a little bit about ripley uh sigourney weaver was basically made uh in alien and uh i understand i did some research but ridley scott had written ripley to be a man and found sigourney weaver and created her, the character then for her uh and it really launched her into superstardom and so having yeah i, 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 I do too i mean this is you know aliens yeah. is 1986 it, it's a pretty long time ago uh and sigourney weaver uh just killed it the entire movie so uh i want to hear about uh, the main characters and and before i say anything if I don't, I don't know if you remember but there is one of the most pivotal characters in the movie alien is also named ash so he's the android. Yep. yep. I did not he's remember the android that. Who turns oh. on them uh, at the end? Uh, spoiler alert. But uh, tell me about the, <laughs> the main characters in Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. Okay, so there's now in Evil Dead. There's there's probably more than main one, like one main main character, um, <laughs> one protagonist. Do you need more than one when you have Bruce Campbell? <laughs> but, I mean, no. That's what this proves. That's what Evil Dead and Evil Dead prove. There's really only one main character, and it's Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams. And I mean, honestly, to the point that I know that he had a girlfriend named Linda. Um, he there was Scotty and Cheryl, and there was a Sheila. I don't remember any of them. But you know what? None of them exactly, exactly because 
Ash Williams becomes this persona and it's a persona that wins. So, but what you see is a progression. So in Evil Dead, like I said in the beginning, it's odd because, you know, I haven't seen the first one in some time. So he's this meek, mild Brady cat. And I'm kind of used to the end result, Uh which he becomes in Evil Dead 2, which is, you know, someone who embraces his kind of badassery and decides he's going to be a hero. Um, And, you know, he straps on the, the chainsaw on his after he cuts off his hand and he just embraces that he's going to be the guy Mm -hmm. who's going to save us all. So, I mean, really there's nobody else. And I think it's actually an interesting character growth considering this is a ridiculous movie. I mean, they, they, they embrace that, like I said, but they still try to show that Ash Williams started one way and he's now growing into this idea of himself that he can save the day. And it really doesn't matter that there's anyone else there. They only serve <laughs> to further prop up Ash Williams. That's so true. I mean, you know, I, I like, and and what's great is that you like as a viewer, you believe it because Bruce Campbell sells right. the ridiculousness, and you're like, I get it, I believe it. Ash Williams would be this kind of fake ladies' man who. <laughs> I mean, like, if you think about it, because I was watching this the other, you know, just recently, and I'm like, wait, this takes place over, like, the whole series. The whole trilogy takes yep. place over, like, four days. Yeah, because Army of Darkness is but the Evil Dead night, takes right? place third night, whatever it is. It's the third yeah. and fourth nights. So, I mean, like, you watch him. The first movie is the first night. The second movie is the second night. And you're kind of sitting there, like, he loses Linda, but then he embraces the the daughter. See, I can't even remember her name because she served no purpose other than. Yeah, so the archaeologist's daughter from the first movie shows up in the second one. And she's looking for her parents, right? So this is literally <laughs> the second night. Ash Williams has just lost his quote love of yep. his life linda and he's kind of hitting on the daughter oh, on the gross. second night and i think it's gross in thought but like you watch ash williams and it just fits because he is that kind of character he's not your traditional hero in that he's okay like we were talking about last week he's no. not a bruce willis right he's he's an anti-hero he's the hero that you're grossed out by and that he's kind of a low life character but you still want him yeah. to succeed and so you're cheering for him even though he's a womanizer and he's kind of stupid but you're like you know what he's identifiable he's not going to save the planet from a asteroid probably like a Bruce but he Willis, saved the planet from death you could see him. and yes. that is believable like you believe yeah. that he could do that and that he would bumble his way through it now again at the end of Evil Dead 2 you don't know that he actually did, right? Because he he the the main baddie, which is the the evil that yeah. no one ever refers to by name, shows up. It's about to eat him, and they appear to send him back, but they don't. So you know the Ash Williams story yes. isn't done. Yeah, Thank and God. it just ended, Thank right? God. Because honestly, I mean, Ash versus the Evil Dead ended uh, well, two no. years ago, three years ago. Oh yes. Yes, the whole overarching yeah. story did. It ended in 2018. Yeah. Um, so it was great, but it's only Ash Williams. <laughs> it's Ash Williams, so, for sure. Uh, <laughs> so 
Tell me how Ripley is. Yeah, the only so one. Ripley isn't the only one, but she is the main one. Uh, I, you know, I, I mentioned how Sam Raimi um, was had originally written Ripley for a man, and she ended up, and he ended up choosing uh, Sigourney Weaver, uh, and and Alien really made her as a superstar, and I think that she in turn made Aliens as a movie. Um, she is such an amazing character. Uh, she goes from a mother figure to a bunch of Marines to the badass who saves a day. Uh, and, you know, the whole time she can say, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. But she doesn't, um, sometimes to her detriment, because she knew that the Whelan Corporation was evil. She knew that it was try- they were trying to hunt down a, uh, a xenomorph and use it as a weapon. But she still went along with it. Uh, but but she's absolutely uh, the reason why Aliens is such a great movie. But there are a few other characters. I think, uh, like I said, Alien had much better character development and, frankly, much, much better char- uh, actors in the character roles. Um, but in Alien, there was a large single xenomorph. Uh, it's out there, like I said, hunting on each person individually. But in aliens there's not only one xenomorph there's a whole horde of them there is a queen who is enormous uh and and it was really hard not to realize that this was not cgi these are practical effects right these are puppets and i know an alien they had a seven foot tall person be in the suit of the alien in alien yeah it was a real person it was like a like a you know peter mayhew chewbacca situation uh Right. Oh my gosh, right. But, okay, but in fine. Aliens, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, the the time bandits. You didn't have uh, the the Willow guy, whatever Warwick Davis running around. But I, I think that what they did in Aliens versus Alien to the eponymous character is that they made more of them. They turned it up to eleven. They weren't so much a killing machine as they were just like a frenzied horde. And I think that was a really big difference where in the first movie, you've got this kind of slow, plodding, atmospheric type uh, of setting. Where in Aliens, it is just everything, no holes bar, anything that can happen. You start losing people within five minutes of the movie and you never got a chance to know them. And that kind of brings me to the, the next main character. And I'm going to lump all of them into one, except for one, um, which is the space Marines. Um, the crew of the, the, the first ship in alien, I think the Nostromo uh, was fantastic. John Hurt is in the movie for, for Pete's sake, but the, the, the space Marines and aliens, I didn't really, really care for them. They were, uh, just kind of weak. Um, I think where they uh, they were all just sort of formulaic. They were all stereotypes. You have uh, a, a woman named Vasquez who is uh, spouting off these uh, uh, Spanish phrases, uh, who was played by a white woman, by the way, of course. Um, <laughs> like, apparently <laughs> there weren't Spanish actors in 1986. I don't know. Um you had a, a black sergeant who was acting, you know, the way you would think a stereotypical uh, black sergeant would act in a movie like this. He was almost like a major pain type character, uh, which it was it was kind of off-putting, <laughs> right? And, and but the the thing that it really I, I didn't like about Aliens was 
Uh, aside from Michael Bean, who's in obviously uh, The Abyss, he's in Terminator, uh, just an amazing character. Uh, who he's also in Aliens. Aside from him, the only other Space Marine who I could really, really uh, get behind was Bill Paxton's Hudson. Hudson is amazing. Mm. He is the eyes, the senses, the sh- the shrieks of the audience. Right. He is the guy who's like, oh, we're never going to get out of this. We are all dead. Everything is over. Everything is black. We are just completely screwed. Um, And he did amazing. I don't know if Bill Paxton was on cocaine the entire movie, but he played (laughs) that character so, so well. I, I, I really, really loved the character. And, you know, he has a fairly grisly ending uh to his uh to his arc as does michael bean but or bane i don't know how you say it um but he still was uh one of my favorite characters and then you have the uh, the androids in alien you have ash who spoiler alert ends up being a villain in the movie just like uh the 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 uh, ridley scott uh remake uh prometheus or I, i'm sorry not remake but prequel uh uh, Ash is the villain, and uh, in Aliens you have Bishop, and Bishop, played by Lance Henriksen, was uh, was amazing. Uh, you can you can kind of see a soulless but highly intelligent android there, and and uh, you know he gets chopped in half by the the queen's tail towards the end. Uh, I, I I absolutely loved uh, just about all the characters except for the Space Marines, uh, and especially Sigourney Weaver. Uh, what about the best moments uh, compared to the original or on their own? How does uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two compare? I mean, I honestly think the best moments for me in Evil Dead Two only happen in Evil Dead Two. So Evil Dead had some okay moments, but they, I don't know, it was such a just an all over horror movie that you can't really nail down one. I think. Well, except for the really graphic (laughs) tree scene, which I don't think is the best moment. So I think for Evil Dead, there's there's a lot of best moments, but there's two that I kind of mentioned and they stick out. Actually, there's three, but it's towards the end for the other one. So you get you start the movie with (laughs) you get this Linda, his ex-girlfriend or girlfriend, but she's dead at this point. Um, She comes out of the grave and you find that she's headless. And her bones start <laughs> dancing, and she's basically nude. But also remember, this has only been one night, so she also has no flesh on like half of her body. Don't know why, uh, but you don't care, you don't question it. And she starts dancing with her head <laughs> as a prop, and it's the weirdest thing. And Ash Williams is just watching this, and you, as the viewer, are watching it, and you're like, "Why is this happening?" But you don't really care that you don't know why, and you never get the answer. But it's super strange. And then, you know, some of the other best moments I think happen with the gushing of the blood. Um, so it's just random. They The blood literally comes <laughs> out like a fire hose. There's no thought, rhyme, or reason to it. And the characters are just kind of just in the spray. And then it never fails. But afterwards, they're never it's a ton of corn syrup, somehow. right? A ton of corn syrup. Um, oh, absolutely. And it's 
basically pink <laughs> i mean there's no way to think this is real no but they don't want you to think it's real right that's the point of this movie it's just ridiculous moment after ridiculous moment where you're like i don't really know why this is here but i love that it is and i love that they're <laughs> embracing that it's ridiculous and i think the third one is um well one the third one that i'm going to mention is his hand that he cut off is now evil and it gives him the finger and he just kind of like has this look like oh, how rude and <laughs> runs off and they just I mean those are some of the moments that you realize that this movie is not taking itself seriously and it doesn't sure. want you to take it seriously the ending which I won't go into because I know we're going to go into it later also is one of the best moments because of sheer what but <laughs> I, that would be too soon um Something you mentioned that I find interesting about aliens, and I want to ask you about it. Um, you mentioned that the androids are the main characters, but that in both movies, Not the second they go movie. bad. They don't, it, Bishop doesn't go bad the second movie. Okay. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yep. But I know Michael Fassbender. he's both good and bad. And also he, a he little was gay, fantastic right? in that role. Yeah. Oh, Not that there's anything wrong percent. with it, obviously. But I, I don't understand why they played him off that way. I don't either. Right. Considering he's supposed to be an right. android, right? He's not supposed to feel anything. Um, okay, so I didn't remember that. So never mind then. I'll let it go. But all right. So, well, I mean, there's so many. But what are what is the best moment from Aliens? And then are, were there any in Aliens sure. that so kind of gonna So I'm going to start this whole thing by saying Alien is a better movie. Ridley Scott, as a director, oh. is incredible, especially in his prime. Ridley Scott knew how to build a scene, how to do, uh, how to just create an atmosphere where your viewers are on the edge of their seat. I, I Again, I've seen Alien 10, 12, 15 times over. I don't know how many times at this point. I am still on the edge of my seat watching Alien to this day you know it's kind of like uh you know at the end of back to the future where where doc is sliding down the clock tower and he's got to connect the um uh, connect the the cable together so that uh the the lightning will strike the cl clock tower and then the delorean will hit it at the right time there's still a part of me that to this day thinks there's a timeline where doc doesn't connect the cables together uh and i still think it's not going to happen that is alien to me right that alien there's still parts of me that says Holy cow, Ripley is not going to make it because the ending to, to Alien kind of goes on and on. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But there's still amazing moments in in Aliens. Um, and I'll, I'll start this by saying the movie uh, Aliens has zero dialogue spoken for five minutes and 23 seconds. I timed it and I paused it when the first word was spoken. It's nuts, right? And I'm not talking like the, the logos of the distribution uh, company, the the movie company that financed it, et cetera, et cetera. I'm talking five minutes and 23 seconds of the actual movie from beginning to when the first word is spoken. It, it, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. And you're just kind of sitting and you're taking it all in um, as, as that five minutes and 23 seconds is going. Then the movie is called Aliens. And like... Dang. Steven Spielberg did in Jaws where you don't see the big bad for a large part of the movie. You don't see the xenomorph until over an hour into the movie. Um, there's not a bullet fired wow. for over 60 minutes in the movie. It's just 
storytelling at its finest uh i mean jim jim cameron uh mm-hmm. who doesn't make a lot of movies but when he makes a movie it's t1 t2 uh aliens avatar uh titanic you know these are huge movies and and he really sets the pace with aliens um the two moments i think that really stood out to me aside from essentially bill paxton's hudson his entire story arc is uh both involve bishop the android the first one there's a scene i don't know if you remember this but there's a scene where there's a knife trick like there's a bar knife trick where you you stick your uh, knife around the fingers of your hand and you go back and forth you go back and forth and back and forth um and you try to do that without stabbing yourself Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. so bishop the character the android he's an android he can do it at any time he wants um they they goad bishop into doing it and so what do they what does bishop do bishop puts his hand on top of bill paxton's hand and does the knife trick what is awesome about that scene is that and i was doing research on this bill paxton didn't know every single person in the cast every single person uh who's shooting the movie knew except for bill paxton you can see bill paxton peeing himself just a little metaphorically but <laughs> but you can see the fear in his eyes and it's just awesome uh and then there's another part where bishop is has to crawl in a tunnel from the the base on lv426 to this uh transmission tower um and this tunnel looks like it's about i don't know 30 inches wide maybe maybe 24 inches wide um and he gets himself in there and shimmies his way literally shimmying up to the con- the control tower and uh, i don't know uh, the every kind of claustrophobic nerve inside of me was triggered by that one moment uh it was uh just it was a lot to take in so i think like i said alien is a better movie alien is more atmospheric alien is a horror movie but aliens where it takes it to uh, takes all of this to another level um is so much more about pacing the action which it is an action movie but pacing it throughout the course of the movie which gets to the ending and and you know before we talk about alien aliens ending uh what was uh, the ending in evil dead 2 like so i know the answer to this and i'm really excited evil to hear dead. your take yeah <laughs> So Evil Dead 2's ending is not an ending. And it's not an ending that by watching that movie, you are ever going to see that that's how it was going to wrap up. Because it doesn't. So what it does is it ups the ante of ridiculousness. And when I say that, I mean, it literally takes you back to medieval times. Literally. We have Ash going back to Uh Arthurian times. So... (laughs) <laughs> through a portal um i mean the ending to me the ending is fantastic it's amazing i and i say that because you know you watch horror movies a lot and you kind of have an idea of a wrap-up um even the wrap-ups that try to be different by not wrapping up and leaving you guessing which they yeah. actually did in evil dead at the end of evil dead you didn't quite know how it ended um it looked like maybe the spirit got uh ash williams but you didn't know it just cut to black but with evil dead 2 they let you know oh we're (laughs) about to take this to a place you never saw coming and to me 
that's fantastic because you think you're getting close to the ending and you know like i said you've got ash battling the evil you've got the archaeologist's daughter reading the last few pages of the necromicon trying to shut the evil down and you think maybe they're about to do it and then you find out the portal isn't shut you know she spoiler alert she dies from being stabbed in the back by ash's (laughs) hand she's not able to finish and what happens is that the portal starts sucking pieces of the house and then Ash through the portal and he lands in medieval times and they don't, I mean, his car goes with him because of course, why not? Um, and you're, you're like, wait, are they somehow going to make the next movie even more ridiculous? And the answer is absolutely. So that to me, Evil Dead 2 is a much better ending than the original because it, the original's ending was very horror movie-like. They kind of stuck to the, the common trope of you don't quite know how it ended. But Evil Dead 2 ramped it up and said, we're going to end it in a way where it leaves you going, wait, what? Really? And they're going to just embrace it. And then it just <laughs> cuts off. You don't, you don't know. Are they going to make another one? You don't know. But what you know is that it ended in the most ridiculous way possible, an unexpected way. And you really hope that you can see the story through, which I think uh, is a great ending. Um, so first of all, it's the so, Delta 88, the Oldsmobile saying. Delta 88, which is, yes. I think it was yes. in all of San Raimi's movies, including Spider-Man. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to check that, really? but I, I read somewhere that, that his, okay. he likes to take the Delta 88 into uh, all of his movies. Um, and that car, that, that car is a character in in the ash versus the evil dead uh stars show um that that car is as much of a character as uh as ashes um that was a great show it really was it really was maybe we'll do tv shows one of these days i'm watching preacher again yeah and uh, also is weird uh so do you want to hear about the ending of uh alien (laughs) and aliens of course yeah because i don't remember it i don't remember either they're basically the same um but but this is tough to say aliens and why i think alien is a better movie is that the ending of aliens is um not as good as the ending to alien the ending of alien was amazing uh ash the the android attacks ripley essentially does his monologue about how the Wheeling corporation is trying to get a xenomorph and turn it into a weapon. Um, there was so many moments. And then the, you know, in, at the end of alien, there's, it's down to three people plus the, the Android and two people essentially die saving Ripley. It's sort of the same thing in aliens, but I don't know. I, I didn't have that same feeling of suspense in aliens. I, I knew that Ripley was going to make it. And this is like way back when I think I saw aliens for the first time when I was maybe 10 or 12 years old. So it wasn't that long after it came out. Uh, it was uh, not exactly suspense, suspenseful, the ending. And, and I think that alien while it's you know over 40 years old now, it's still a super suspenseful, Jeez. really, really good movie. But the ending, the aliens is still, it, it, it holds its own, right? Like if you threw away the 
the masterpiece that is Alien, you've got a really great ending in Aliens. Uh, and in Aliens, you've got uh, the ending, which is that Ripley has to go up against not a xenomorph, but a xenomorph queen, right? And and the queen is enormous, absolutely oh, okay. towering. And I uh, I was looking uh, online, and, and apparently the queen the the puppet was so big that it didn't fit in an elevator that was going up and down on the different sets and so they had to essentially like chop it off at, at uh, a certain point and then use smoke and things like that to to cover up its legs and its tail um but this the the queen is is crazy. is huge it's it's an enormous uh it's a villain that that you never think any human being is going to beat but Thank God that Sigourney Weaver has a uh, like a uh, a background in working in construction because she handles this uh, forklift. Well, it's it's essentially a mech, but it's a forklift mech used to lift heavy things uh, to go up against the the alien and uh, against the alien queen. And there are still some moments of suspense, like when the queen kind of stows away on the ship. Not like the first one. In the first one. It, it, that alien will not die stows away and then finally gets into the airlock and then in the airlock it starts to be sucked out but it grabs ripley's leg there are not moments like that in aliens and i'll be honest with you but still ending is amazing the the uh queen is is destroyed uh ripley uh goes off and and her and the the there's a little girl they find on LV-426, uh, her and the little girl who is who plays the role of the cat in uh, in Aliens. Uh, they survive, <laughs> and, and no one really has a happy ending, but I guess this is your sort of happy ending at the, at the end. I mean, this is a very uninspired, in my opinion. I felt like the ending to Aliens was, was pretty uninspired. Uh, but, you know, I, I think okay. that as we've talked about all of this, we can't compare evil dead and evil dead Two. We can't compare those two movies to alien and aliens because they're very different. Um, they are, they are phenomenal mm-hmm. works mm-hmm. of art themselves. Uh, although I think uh, evil dead, the first budget was something like $300,000. I think I, I can't remember. Um, yeah. And I don't know what, what the alien budget was, it was low. but uh, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I'm sure. To Higher. get Ridley Scott and Jim Higher. Cameron, even at that point when uh, Jim Cameron had done uh, Terminator, uh, I don't think that it was $350,000. So uh, how do these people <laughs> stand apart? How do they stand together? What is in your mind the better of the two movies and why? Okay, so Evil Dead 2 is the better movie. I just want to throw that out there first and foremost. It really is. Um, because it embraces, so um, it came a few years after Evil Dead, but it embraces the humor and the ridiculousness that was the first movie in a way that I think actually levels it up. Now, could you watch it separately? Like, you know, never have seen Evil Dead and watch Evil Dead 2? Yes, I guess you could, but I think you'd be missing a vital piece of the story to understand you know, because remember, this is supposed to right. take place as the second night. So you'd be missing as to why <laughs> Ash William, first of all, why is this holding her skull? Um, a dead body. Well, yeah. well, like dancing with her skull as a prop. 
yeah and, and you'd be missing like why oh and then you know it starts with him turning into a deadite and you'd be like wait why is he doing that what is happening and i so could you yes and actually there's some random there's there's a little bit of movie information about the beginning of evil dead 2 that i'll talk about later but you know you could watch evil dead 2 on its own but it wouldn't be the gem that it is if Evil Dead had not come first. But it's still the better movie. So if you had to only watch one, I definitely recommend watching Evil Dead 2. But you're going to miss a lot of the meat of the story of why Evil Dead 2 is the way it is. So you can't really appreciate sure. Evil Dead 2 without Evil Dead. That That's just me. But I'm curious, based on what you said about Alien and Aliens, which I forgot they kind of ended similarly... Can, you know, do you think Aliens needed Aliens or could it have just been its That's own That's a movie? great question, actually. Um, I, I think to think about that, I want to think about just the people behind both of those movies. So Ridley Scott and Jim Cameron, I don't think could be any different in terms of how they direct. Um, and, and believe me, after doing Armageddon and Michael Bay last week, it was so nice to see a director... <laughs> who has some sense of atmosphere who can actually reserve certain things in advance not everything has to blow up all the time um no hot dog car no explosions, hot dog explosions? Not, no casual rate well actually there was a little casual racism in uh, aliens now that i think about it but but yeah that's true that's well true. it was that, the 80s that, that was so. apparently okay for some reason um the the uh, aliens to me again i've said this a number of times alien is a better movie aliens though is such a different story that jim cameron tries to tell uh, it is absolutely a sort of war movie but but war movie in the sense of dr strange love or full metal jacket where it's more satirical than full metal jacket is not that satirical but but Dr. Strangelove was where, where Jim Cameron is really trying to make a statement about how war is bad. And you've seen him do it multiple times, right? When you talk about Terminator, it's the big evil corporation um, in, in Cyberdyne that is fueled by the hubris and the, uh, uh, you know, egotistical innovation of man, and and, and that that creates essentially the the apocalypse uh in avatar it's the same way uh, i wish they changed the search for unobtainium but um stupidest name ever <laughs> however however avatar is kind of the same way and and aliens is the same thing right you, you have these marines who it's almost like vietnam where you have these Marines, these young kids who are sent from the, the U.S. Into, into the jungles thinking that with landmines and guns and Agent Orange, we can actually uh, quell this uprising. But what you don't realize is that you're on someone else's home turf. Uh, and that's where I think that, that the story that Jim Cameron is trying to tell, and Jim Cameron was one of the, the people who helped write the screenplay of Aliens, um, and another person was the same one who wrote Alien. So there's still quite a bit of crossover and much of the crew from alien went over to aliens. So there's a lot there, but I think that, uh, aliens has 
its own sort of legs to stand on where uh, if Michael Bay is kind of, kind of like this, like Texas, big, bold, red type uh, state, uh, Jim Cameron is hating Ashbury's in the 60s, right? He's talking about making love, not war in this movie. And I really, really thought that if you look at it from that sheen, if you look, if you put the, that lens on, um, aliens can stand alone as an anti-war uh pro peace type movie lots of big guns aliens spaceships but maybe i'm reading too much into it uh whereas you know alien is very much just a psychological suspense thriller uh just uh so what are your final thoughts about these movies um i my final thoughts are that i thank goodness Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 were made and even more that Army of Darkness was made um, because I really think that it set up the genre of making horror a little bit ridiculous and funny (laughs) which I think has continued I mean I feel like it was the grandfather of those movies that are now very prevalent so I can't really imagine a world especially being a horror lover where Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 don't exist and re-watching them yes some i mean so well again it's some random movie trivia that i'll i'll i had this whole like little i did all this research and i was like this is so interesting but i just can't i mean it was the first movie to kind of take other pieces of horror movies and make light of them and that has now become a very popular thing and not just done in horror and i feel like sam raimi did it best and so I just can't imagine a world where we don't right. have these movies. They're ridiculous. They're just meant to be funny. But to not have them would mean that we would have missed out on something. I'm sure somebody would have taken the risk at one point, and we'd probably maybe end up in the same place, but we'll never know. But I mean, rewatching them, even now when we have much better special effects, these movies are still hilarious. They're ridiculous. And I like and enjoy watching them now. Um, and And I wonder if, like... How do you feel about Alien and Aliens considering, you know, all the, uh, you know, that Avatar? So I have a question about it and you don't have to answer it now. But to me, Aliens and Avatar are basically the same movie in plot um, with the humans being sort of the xenomorphs. But that's interesting. You know, I don't know. Like, do you do you feel that? without alien or aliens would the world be a different place yeah, a better I, place or worse I, I place? think before i answer that I, I think about movies like uh cabin fever i'm sorry cabin in the woods uh tucker and dale versus oh, so the Eagles, Shaun of the dead <laughs> so and good. i don't think those movies would have existed without sam raimi and evil dead too so i'm really really happy that yeah. they made that movie i'm really yeah. happy you selected that the those movies um i i think that uh, that Aliens as a, a movie really does Alien and Aliens, and, and I think a little bit more when you start talking about Resurrection and Prometheus and Covenant and things like that. Uh, I won't talk about Alien versus Predator, which should have been awesome but just was terrible. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, so was. I think that the the kind of movies that were spawned from Alien. Remember, 1979 was when Alien was was came out. It, it, it came out, and 1986 was when Aliens came out. So, 
there are so many movies over the last 40 years that owe themselves to Ridley Scott and Jim Cameron and the, these specific movies that, no, I, I don't see that. I, I don't see any of our normal movie going uh, uh, enjoyment to be, uh, I, I don't see how that could have been any better without these movies, right? Like these movies made the space movie, mm-hmm. the space genre movie, the, the horror movie uh, genre. I, the, these are just absolutely really, really good movies. Uh, you know, in, in terms of, uh, in terms of movie trivia, a couple of other things. So uh, the set from alien, the, the nest was actually used in the 1989 movie, Batman. Um, a couple of people in this oh. movie never acted again, including uh, Newt. Uh, the the little girl who is at the end, uh, yeah. Uh, Sigourney Weird. Weaver was nominated for best actress, uh, and and if you think about it, this is an action movie, right? Like uh, Robert Downey Jr. should have been nominated for best actor for Endgame, uh, uh, and and I think that uh, Sigourney Weaver getting that nod for Aliens just talks about how good of a movie that is. Um, Bill Paxton, I talked about mm-hmm. the 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 knife trick and. Uh, his famous line game over man uh, is one of my favorite lines uh, again as a big video game guy the alien video games are some of the best movie adaptations ever so uh, I, I I think that uh, it's not just movie culture but it's pop culture and and all entertainment has benefited from uh, Jim Cameron Ridley Scott and the aliens franchise so um we're okay. almost out of time, um, and we are probably out of time. Uh, we had a few other movies we wanted to talk about uh, and uh, some of the other sequels that we were thinking about. Uh, but we sort of had a discussion about sequels that are not really sequels, uh, namely, uh, which ones? Which ones were the ones we were talking about this week? Um, we talked about... So one that I was thinking about doing, but then realized it didn't need an original was Deadpool 2. Um, And even Thor Ragnarok, like I really enjoy those movies, but, and they are, I guess, technically sequels or even trilogies at this point. But, um, but you don't really, uh, you could talk about them without having ever seen the other movies, which is why I thought, and those sequels, they're sequels, but they don't, they don't need an original, which means they stand. Yeah, alone. I think. Were there a, any other ones that you one, were thinking which of? Which is the Winter Soldier, and I had a, a good discussion with my friends this week about Winter Soldier, and they were talking about how Winter Soldier is a great sequel, and I said, "Yes, you're right. It's the second film in the Captain America saga. However, I I connect all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies kind of together, and to me, Winter Soldier furthers the plot." But it is not necessarily, to me, a sequel. And I know maybe I'm just arguing semantics at this point. But I I think Winter Soldier is an absolutely amazing movie. But I don't think it is a direct sequel to the original Captain America, the the first soldier. What is it? Yeah, I think it's first soldier, right? No, no. But but what was the the name? The first Avenger? The first one? I have no idea. I'm not a super fan. I'm sure sure yeah i'm not a huge fan i'll admit i'll own that so what about some other incredible sequels that are actual sequels that maybe have come out more recently 
Um, okay, so one that I saw more recently was Zombieland 2. I thought that was a fantastic continuation of Zombieland and also just a really good movie, but you cannot appreciate it without having seen Zombieland. And also one of my all-time favorites, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Um, mm. I mean, it's a kid's movie, yeah. but it's a movie that should resonate with everyone. But without having seen the first How to Train Your Dragon, you will not appreciate what happens in the second one or be affected by it in such a way. So to me, those are the two that stand out most in my mind, but I'm sure oh, yeah. there are I mean, others. So what I other ones would you say? Stands head and shoulders above the original, which is The Dark Knight. Um, I think Christopher Nolan's Batman was uh, oh. was amazing. And I think uh, what he was able to do with Batman was so much better than the 1980s version of the Batman. Uh, but The Dark Knight and specifically Heath Ledger uh, – was one of the best movies of all time in my book. I mean, it's up there. It's probably in the top five uh, of of all movies. I love Batman as a character anyway. And and the, to me, The Dark Knight is, is absolutely one of those incredible sequels. So um, like we said last week, um, we're going to do this on a week-by-week basis, see how it goes and, and see what we, uh, what we feel like doing. Uh, it's a good distraction from the quarantine. What's our uh, what's our topic for next week if we do this again? Um, you know what I was I was thinking about this and I read an article about him because he's always somehow in the press. I uh, love it. Let's do I Nicolas love Cage movies. Uh, yep. Like rank them. Yep. I mean, he's been can in so we, many. Can we actually find a unifying thread between, say, Con Air and leaving Las Vegas that isn't Nick Cage being insane? I don't You're right. know that I, I you need another one. I'm up for the challenge, though. <laughs> I'm not sure I can watch two Nick Cage movies this week. So we're going to have to think about what movies we pick and what we decide to do. So I, I think with that said, oh, um, fun time as always. I, I loved watching these movies again, and I loved watching them kind of sort of back to back this week. Uh, and I'm I'm really really happy that I got to do that, uh, especially after the the garbage that was Armageddon last week. Uh, now I'm going to need to find a good oh, yeah. Nick Cage movie for next week and and sit through that. So um, with that said, have a great week. Um, thanks thanks for this. And now that's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over.